0: Welcome, everyone. It is the Fly Guys podcast, episode number 49. We are in the FGP studios of the garage of Cameron Klein. Cameron, how are you doing on this fine Friday evening? A chilly evening, if at that.
1: I'm good. I could be better with another point from the Flyers, but I'm good. You know, I mean, I I, I can't complain about to complain about. I'm warm, I guess.
0: I'm retro I'm rocking the uh it's nice. the Philadelphia Phantoms two thousand four, two thousand five jersey. I,
1: I really like the purple and the orange. I always have. These were the best uniforms they had. I've always liked that that color combination. Like I also, also just like the
0: tie. Like it just feels yes. like a hockey jersey yeah. to me.
1: That's one of these small little statues of like the winter classic jersey that I loved. It was like that one little touch. It was like, uh,
0: twenty twelve yeah. Philadelphia Flyers winter classic jerseys. I thought were always my favorite. The I, Rangers game.
1: I'd be completely okay with they use those as their Jersey all the time, They're home. Jersey. I'd be
0: fine with it as yeah. well. The good news is that they at least got a point, and they're at seven points on the season. We're also joined in studio as a guest, and also a later host by first
1: time, by the way, first in studio, very first in studio guest.
0: Yes, Jimmy Bailey, who uh, is a graduate from Shippensburg University, uh, class of two thousand and seventeen and a half. Uh, Jimmy, you it's and I, <laughs> you and I had a, you and I had a radio show, uh, a little bit ago it wasn't uh wasn't too big it was a four-year program show that you were on for the first two years
2: dude i d- college is such a mess for me yeah. it just goes all over you the think place it's a mess that. now
0: think about what it'd be like if we were there today uh that little, would suck
2: a little bit worse and a little bit chaos Not, nah, but it's uh it, it's super fun to be here justin and i have our history of yelling at each other uh and i'm looking forward to a little <laughs> bit more of that today Cameron and I have like we all we were all together at, at school, and for some reason they still um, at least care about my opinion for more than a half a second. Um, and I'll, honestly, it's on my resume, so it, it it counts as as a big win for me. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be able to talk about sports other than to myself and to my dog, um, which I do oh you on, do that too on a, a daily, oh all the time constantly. They're such good listeners. They're great, especially when they're not even in the room anymore, like halfway through. <laughs>
0: Uh, So we'll be hearing from Jimmy a little bit more as we're going to be kind of talking about the Philadelphia 76ers as well and the Philadelphia Eagles hiring a new head coach because we just didn't have enough Italian in us in South Philadelphia. We needed a little bit more gabagoo. Freaking uh, gabagoo.
1: (laughs) As soon as I saw that name, I was like, "Yeah, he's the guy." Yeah, he's. The I don't guy. know. Uh, you know. I don't know if he'll work well with Carson Wentz, but we'll find we'll out. We'll figure it out. Yeah.
0: Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers played a hockey game last night for those who cared, and they got off to a two nothing lead, and they wrapped it up, and it was an easy win. Great job getting to the four one. They blew the game, Cameron, against the Boston Bruins.
1: Yeah, I mean, dude, they didn't they didn't look good? They They're, have not looked good. That's that
0: to be their worst third period I have seen, maybe since games uh, two against the New York Islanders were they it was the how
1: many how many shots on goal it was what
0: 23 shots on goal in the third period it's 23 I'm or 22 like... or 23 whatever the heck it was right right they allowed 43 total shots on goal oh, they've allowed 83 shots in the last two games they are allowing the second most shots in the league right now only 0.1 shots per game less than the team that they're playing next after Boston tomorrow the New Jersey Devils and here's the thing about the New Jersey Devils they suck yeah they might be two one in one, but don't be fooled by that full false gold. They suck.
1: No, yeah, they're bad. I mean, they're 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 a bad team, but but yeah, the Flyers are just not playing well right now. I mean, the second period was nice, right? It was a nice little that was what I expected. Nice little, right? It was it was fun. It was cool. But like, I, what is so frustrating is just just put the puck on net. Stop with the passing. This I is- mean, I can't count how many times I heard Jim Jackson say they're trying they're trying to do too much with it. They're trying to do too much with it last night. And he's absolutely
0: right. Fairby, fair you know, choosing pass over shoot. And here's the thing: I never thought I would agree with the Flyers fans in the stands that are yelling "shoot." Yeah, a power play. they were—they were right. They're last not night. only so right. I owe an apology to the greater city of Philadelphia yeah. for being so angry against them.
1: Like, put it like this: Going into the third period, right? Going into the third period, they had four power plays. They went one for four on the power plays at that point. They had only one shot on goal.
0: And guess what? It went in. It went in from closer. So, so do it.
1: Like, you know it's bad when Jake Voracek is taking shots. Like, Jake Voracek. when they're not even open looks, he's oh, just ripping it, way, it's great. By
0: the way, congrats to Jake Voracek, uh, passing fifth all-time on Philadelphia Flyers uh, assists. Yeah, he's like, he passed John Leclerc.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's been playing great, too. I mean, if you, like, break it down to the good, the bad, and the ugly for, for last night's game, he was part of the good. I mean, he's been part of the good. Him, him, James Van Rieb's like another one, Nolan Patrick, they're part of the good. And, you know, I'm man. not but,
0: against, you know. obviously, when you get a power play, you need to set it up. Um, can we talk about how the Flyers set up their power play? Can we talk about zone entry on the power play oh, for a God, second? dude.
1: Well, the zone entry and the zone exits, right? You have to be able to get out of your own zone to get into their zone. And the and that has been almost non-existent. The neutral zone turnovers. Like, I love AV, and I have full trust in him, and I have full faith in him. But, I mean, it's, I, those turnovers are reminding me of Dave Haxtell type things.
0: They, I, like, I thought the goal that led to the Bruins taking the lead, I thought, was just one of those things where, um, what are they doing wrong? Everything. They're not getting out of the zone. The puck, like Jim Jackson said it best, the puck seems to be following Boston. Create your own luck. You know what? Boston doesn't have big, bad Zdeno Chara out there anymore. Boston doesn't have David Poshnok out there. Mm -hmm. I understand they have Brad Marchand. I understand they have Charlie Cole. I understand they have Patrice Bergeron. Those are three phenomenal players in Boston. It's the dirtiest team team in hockey, but they're also one of the most well-run teams in hockey. Absolutely. Here's the other aspect of this, though. The Philadelphia Flyers have really good players of their own. They've been mm-hmm. well coached for over a year now, and quite frankly, the turnovers unacceptable. Yeah. I understand it's early in the season. I understand the three one and one, and maybe this could be an overreaction. We could all laugh at stupid old Justin for being yelly yelly in about three months when they're <laughs> winning the Stanley Cup, and I'm out. Yeah, on- but you're always yelly yelly. I am always yelly. Good yeah. or it, bad, it has been. Uh, it's been my calling card for a few yeah, years now. It's yeah, good. Can attest to that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, think about it. Like they okay, they scored four times on Tuca Rask.
0: That's that's great. And what? 23 right. shots or 20, what? 26
1: heck? total shots. That's which, yeah, fant- that's great That's production. amazing. Right, but it's like kind of what we were expecting somewhat going into the season. We knew the offense was going to be there. We knew the the defense was going to be questionable. Yep. And we saw that in spades last night. I mean, Carter Hart has no help. The 6 to 1 Buffalo game, Carter Hart had no help. What is he supposed to do? It, we we probably wouldn't have shut out Buffalo, if it wasn't for, for or Elliot, Brian Elliott, absolutely that's it. Yeah, destroying it. Be careful. It. You're
0: going to start a goalie controversy all of a sudden. Oh, no. Because I'm saying they're both playing because great. Because now it's hard they're to They're both fall. playing great. Oh, no. They're, uh, Elliot's not going to go 40 for
2: 40. Yeah, right. If I may. You may. As I slide, slide on in here real quick. <laughs> Sliding very, in the DMs. A very, very, lot more, more smooth. Slide, James. Um, so, here, here's my view. Obviously, super early on, we're 3-1-1 early. One, early on you steal a point yesterday despite how ugly of a game that was here's how the season was you open 2-0 with some with with two really good games with Pittsburgh the first Buffalo game completely catches up with you but what did they do and and mention Brian Elliott because you have to give them Mm -hmm. they gave up six what do they do the very following night not a night in between the very following night they get a shutout Mm -hmm. Elliott had to stand on his head a little bit but they still they respond and they get themselves a shutout now go to boston they reacted mid game oh so poorly they go they go into it with boston who had yet to score a 5 on 5 goal the entire season so far which was that was the big kicker and that was the big storyline is boston through three games was beyond frustrated you just they, knew that that wasn't going to last they, through this and, game. and it always happened against Philly because <laughs> it's because it always does and that's just how that's and I'm sure any other fan of any other team will say the exact same thing the problem is once that happened you you just allowed Boston to start thinking, oh, this is still possible. Like we're, we're not getting shut out, and they were doing it against in a situation where they had again at, at that point once you know third period, Friedman had already been knocked out of the game. They're already gone five defensemen for a second game in a row on an already depleted defensive core. Again, you you sit here and you go the losing philip myers and you go all right like you can you lose him for a little bit and keep going and be like all right there's gonna be some holes but can you pick it up i mean one game in overreaction or not you let up five goals without philip myers and with five defensemen who just couldn't step up so we knew it was gonna be you know we were gonna have holes in our defense so far but when you start a 3-1-1 one, one on a shortened off season with now, by the way, big congratulations to Elaine Vigneault for being the longest-tenured coach in Philadelphia right now. <laughs> by the way, just want to point that, that out. Is, he is, he is now the longest-tenured coach in Philly. Um, I, I like how this team has played. I think there's definitely still moves and some stuff to go around. If all of this chaos, sans COVID, if all of this chaos with injuries and stuff is going to happen – let it happen now. Where later on in the season, and hopefully you know you have some health past that. Give me it for the stretch. Early on, there's going to be a lot of teams trying to figure a lot of things out because because of just the confusion of it all. This team's three one and one. You get seven out of ten possible they're points in the third. first
0: third. They're third in the NHL in points.
2: We, that's what I'm saying. Like we it's we phenomenal we can sit here and be frustrated like with this past week going one one and one. I I, I totally understand that. It's, but, bringing it up we've talked we talked shots and how many like shots and stuff defensively biggest thing kicker yesterday was face-offs oh, yeah.
0: that, that's oh. huge uh, f- uh, was uh, i think what was it you t- said that the Cameron said they were 13 of what 50 if you don't include it was Nolan I, Patrick? I, I don't
1: remember the actual number i mean you looking right here they were 37.1 now here's what i'll say about yeah.
0: that i i would like to think that when sean couturier is back oh yeah those that numbers is will go going up. to change yeah those numbers will go up definitely. this team I mean, if he was if he wasn't valuable enough, the guy is the most underrated player in the in the NHL, in my opinion. Yeah, and if it wasn't obvious enough just how important he is to this team, he goes out in game two, you feel his presence all over the ice or his lack thereof.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we, immediately. But and like everything that Jimmy just said is absolutely right, though. Right, like that's a rational way to view it. I think we were talking a little we bit don't do rational. No, here. we don't. It's Philadelphia. <laughs> I think like before we started the show, like we were talking a little bit about how our expectations are so much higher, and that's why the and that's part are. of the reason why the the rationale is just I think we're that's not, why not being rational. I think that's why know?
0: Philly fans were so upset last night on Twitter when I saw it because they're not oh, yeah, mad. Yeah. If this if this was 2017, Dave Haxtell, would be like. Yeah, it's about par for the course, but it's right, because right. this team was the number one seed in the exactly. playoffs. It's because yep. this team we now believe can go on a great cup run and finally deliver something they haven't done in 40 plus years.
1: Another thing you brought up too, like the the COVID thing with there's no preseason. This is essentially we're essentially witnessing preseason hockey in a way. So the first couple weeks we're going to get a bunch of just kind of random things happening. It's Cameron, not gonna need I, I need until them to way be later to see the consistent. You know, I need them to be in Eastern parts.
0: Conference form at all possible times. I know, me too. Man. Eastern <laughs> yeah. Conference final. Form. Me too. What do I have to do to see the Flyers finish checks? Oh, I see the Boston Bruins finishing checks. And I and I understand that yeah. it, the game today is about speed, skill, and scoring. But there's nothing wrong with Nicholas Albae-Cubello's form of play where he is going in and he's throwing his body in there. You don't have to be fighting. You don't have to be someone that's, you know, uh, a goon like Zedano Chara or a goon like Dan Carcillo. Mm-hmm. But what you do need to do is make them afraid to go in the corner. We lost puck battle after puck battle in the corner last night. And all I want to see is someone, Kevin Hayes, Robert Haig, I love it when he does it, anyone just go in there and throw a hit. Yeah. Because you're going to make them think twice every time they go into that corner for the puck. But, but anyway,
1: to, to go into your point with the hits, right? Because you're absolutely right. Yeah. And just a bit use numbers to back you up. So the game against Buffalo, they lost 6-1. to The Flyers were out-hit 28-24. Not by a lot, but a little bit. Okay. Boston last night, they were out-hit 24-21. Now, Jimmy mentioned how they responded against Buffalo in that game right afterward. And he was absolutely right. Hits, 18 for Buffalo, 37 Look at that. for the Flyers.
0: And they got 30 shots on goal. Yeah, So their shots went up, their hits went up.
1: Yeah, because because they're winning those battles, like you like like you just said, you you hit more, you use the body more, you're going to win those battles. Game a lot more often. two
0: of that qualifying round between Columbus and Toronto, Kyle Clifford went into the into the corner and destroyed a, a blue jacket. For the rest of the game, those blue jackets were afraid, and the Maple Leafs ended up winning that game, losing Jake Muzzin in the process,
2: but they won that game, and so, then they lost the series. <laughs> in look, in just looking at the stats that we have in front of us, and this is looking at the the second game of the back to back against Buffalo. Is again hits thirty seven to eighteen. They still gave up forty shots. Yeah, to Buffalo and the that defense game. still
0: wasn't that great. Yeah.
2: The defense wasn't great, but what happened is we started punishing them for coming into the zone and trying to do that. Now you said it. Brian Elliott had to stand on his head a few times in that game, and he absolutely did. And to get that from a guy who's supposed to be your backup goalie, like. You want that nine times out of ten, you're like, that's that's a win. Obviously, the shutouts are great. If he lets up one or two, it's one thing. You don't need him to stand on his head. But when he can, going back to just uh, briefly at what you had said about like our expectations for this team after what they did last year. Not only is expectations, it, it, it's just success is contagious. You you saw you know you see it post sticking with Philadelphia sports you see it post Super Bowl Eagles run expectations are here Sixers start doing well you see that Phillies are a trash heap um but the the Flyers because we haven't had it's the one sport in this city in this town in this area that just when they're good it's just that that orange fever for the lack of a better term or orange crush orange crush whatever whatever you needed to be the biggest thing, what have we been looking for for, call it the past 20 seasons, for this team? Goalie. A goalie. Now that we have Carter Hart, everyone, and because he has shown flashes of success, everyone's expectations not only go from, like, oh, we can play better, is, okay, well, that problem is now solved. Let's go, like, when we're not performing elsewhere, like, ah, it's not Carter's fault. It, it it's, it's almost, and I hate con- to constantly compare with other sports, it's Oh Carson Carson Wentz did really really well, and like and then his expectations were here. When he does less, it's crap. Carter Hart has been bipolar in these first three games that he's had so far. Mm. He's been really really good, and he's been. Eh. I, I'm not going to take credit away from Boston of what they were able to do last night, but like there, there's still a lot of things this team has to figure out, and the expectations, which I know this is a, an absolutely ludicrous thing to say because Philadelphia. And expectations and having rational conversations is stupid. Twitter's fun because we all get to yell. I hate that I have to be the voice of reason here. I, I spent four Twitter years with Justin just yelling. <laughs> I hate that I have such a. Ch- I've changed my view of sports so much where I'm just like, yeah, okay.
0: For the most part, I thought Carter couldn't do a whole lot with a lot of those goals that you know he let in. I thought the goal that gave Boston a four three really, lead that was one. Like, yeah, you'd like a save. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. thought that. When people giving him a hard time when, you know, John Ritchie's left wide open right yeah. behind that yeah. net front. How right. are you going to blame your goalie for that one? It does bring on a different conversation than I told you we were going to get to. Yes. Pierre-Luc Dubois yeah. is a uh, Columbus Blue Jacket who is not very happy being in Columbus. As yes. most uh, – Jeff Carter learned pretty quickly how much he does not like being in Columbus. So he forced his way yeah. to like, LA. like
1: really quickly. Like not even a full season.
0: And then he well, joins – mean- And then he he joins Mike Richards in L.A. and wins a couple cups. But that's a whole different story for a different day. Thanks for missing that shot in game six, buddy.
1: There's no parties in Ohio. Not like L.A. No.
0: It's true. But Pierre-Luc Dubois wants to party it up elsewhere. Anywhere. So so Pierre-Luc Dubois says, I got an idea. I'm just not playing. I'm just just not going to (laughs) play. Like, I don't don't hate that
1: part, right? Like, I don't hate that he did that. Because it's like, I get it. I get like I get what he's like he said he wanted to trade Columbus was like yeah we hear you and then they just kind of hung up the phone they were just like yeah whatever
0: They're like we're just going to let him say that and we're going to pretend gonna like not. we didn't hear it
1: Right exactly and and so he's He's making him hear it now. It's like, and I don't, it's like I don't hate that.
0: It's like George Costanza when he knew his girlfriend was going to break up with him, so he just stopped answering the phone. He's right. like, he's like, you know what? She can't break up with me. She can't G- break up with me. Right. Can't find him. Yeah. So that's what the Blue Jackets were yeah. doing with Dubois. It's a genius plan. But, so Dubois doesn't play much at all <laughs> last night. He's not really, he's not really doing anything. So John Tortorella benches him for periods two and three in an eventual overtime loss against the mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Lightning. Now you were saying. He's justified in doing that. He did not come to play. If you're going to play for the Columbus Blue Jackets, you're going to be willing to lace him up.
1: No, my, my thing is this. You were saying that he's a great player. You've got to use him in an OT situation. Yep. My point is is that if he's not going to play, you're going to send a person out there who's taking up a spot during overtime, who's not going to do anything anyway. Here's, here's, I mean, did you see Did you see his shift?
0: I absolutely did. Okay, okay, I saw okay, the all right, videos. Right. So here's why I disagree. Ultimately, Pierre-Luc Dubois is angry at John Tortorella and the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's not mad at, you know, uh, Wierenski on the Blue Jackets. Right. If you send him out there on a three-on-three overtime, I believe he's going to play hard for his teammates. Here's my issue. John Tortorella, he's been my favorite head coach in a long time. He pulled the same crap with Anthony Duclair when a- when Duclair was a Blue true. Jacket. This is and true. He- and they asked that him, what's fair. wrong with Duclair? Duclair. And what does he say at- to the press? He's just not a very good hockey player. Yeah, what does Duclair do? He goes to Ottawa. He becomes a 20-goal scorer, including yeah, an overtime winner against the Columbus Blue Yeah, that is,
1: that is a good point. That, and that is, that is objectively false, him so, not being a good hockey player. I compare
0: yeah. him a lot to Greg Popovich because I think Greg mm-hmm. Popovich is the best NBA coach ever, in my opinion. I just I love the guy. Yeah. But there yeah. are guys that don't like playing for him. I thought Kawhi Leonard was a guy who really didn't like Greg Popovich, especially after the way his whole injury thing was handled. So John Tudorrell is a guy that you either really, really love him or, yeah, kind of wears thin. So Dubois is like screw this. I hate this guy. I hate this team. I'm not playing. And Torti benches him. But in overtime, in a game against that team, the Stanley Cup champions, a team that knocked you out in the playoffs, I think you, I think you got to put him out there, and you got to trust that he's going to play for his teammates, for his own pride, because in three on three. You're a lot more magnified in three-on-three than you are in five-on-five.
1: This is true, but also how can you – you have to establish trust, right? And when you break that trust by me sending you out there in the first period for a couple of shifts, and you literally don't do anything. You don't bend over. You don't try to skate. You almost trip your own defenseman while he's in his own zone. (laughs) I do
0: remember. At that point,
1: it's like I, I can't trust you. I can't trust you to go out there. I don't care what your name is. I don't care what, what's going on. I don't trust you.
0: When John Tortorella gets a check from Columbus Blue Jackets Entertainment, do you think that they're writing him that check because they're happy that he's establishing pride and culture, or do you think they're writing him that check because his no, team is not, to I'm win not, a game?
1: No, I'm not. I don't think it's. I don't think it's pride and culture. I think that if you put Pierre Luc Dubois out there, you're not going to win that game. That's my point. Um.
0: OK, so that's and that's, that's and how that's, I think
1: he is. View, I mean, maybe uh, he's John Tortorella is a very prideful man. We we all know that. Right. I he mean, tortured
0: a man that followed him from Tampa to New York he did. in the media. Brooksy.
1: Brooksy. Poor poor bastard. But I mean, <laughs> he also kind of, you know, he, no, he, 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 poked, he poked the bear. A I lot, am too.
0: always on Team John. But this is yeah. just an, an instance in which, listen the guy is unhappy there but at the end of the day he's going to play for his teammates I don't believe he hates anyone in Columbus and I believe that in three on three he would have showed up and I think that that guy who got a hat trick in the playoffs in the qualifying round they don't count that as playoffs by the way um I think he would have played for them then
2: Tortorella has been prior to him even going to Columbus has been known as a hard ass like no matter Vancouver were, New York where, Tampa exactly he, he's always oh, been this. that way so whether he's the pride of Columbus and like what they stand for, or it's just Tortorella being Tor- Tortorella. And I, I don't say that with like, with humor, but like wh- whatever, whatever he's trying to represent or whatever he's trying to like stay firm on his beliefs in Tortorella. I, I don't blame him. Sit, sit your, if you're not going to come out here and play, sit your ass down. Like I'm a hundred percent for that. I don't care how good you are. Here's the difference, and I'm going to – you might as well just bring me in here for other league comparisons because that's just all I'm going to do. That's end up fair.
0: Doing. He does have – what he is wearing I, a 76ers I, hat. I, I,
2: I wore a Sixers hat and your guy's podcast shirt because I want to kiss your ass. If you want um, to
0: uh, buy a Fly, Guy, Fly Guys podcast shirt, be sure to reach out to Cameron Klein or myself at GoodHeartJustin or at CameronKlein15.
2: Uh, they're phenomenal shirts, and they are – Very comfy. Uh, they're, they're insanely comfortable, actually. Um, but – and you're going to make me lose my trade of thought. <laughs> um, but, like – this is not we've seen over the last, especially over the last few years, with, with them gaining more power. And you can almost do it with any athlete. Look at the NBA and talk about James Harden about want yep. him wanting a trade. He got fat. Well, and and, then and now, he now went, he's thin. and when he went to Brooklyn, and he lost thirty pounds in, <laughs> in an overnight flight. No one has any idea how it happened. Harden is is Weight Watchers like mogul. It doesn't Moses even over there. Um, the NBA is completely different because it's a lot more, uh, well, it's marketed better, it's a big, big whatever, whatever the heck you want to be, And that's not, I'm not going to sit here and you know bash the NHL for how they market what it is. It is what it is. Just using James Harden as an example, he is now in his early 30s. He's one of the greatest scorers in the history of the game. And when he wants out, he's going to say, I want out. Um, and he does all that. In the NBA, you can pull that off. When you are Pierre-Luc Dubois, 22 years old yeah you've you've shown like really good talent you don't have a leg to stand on or a skate to skate on for the for the for the sake of continuity here but um you you don't have anything to stand on there you like you still need to earn your right to be able to talk back to your, your head coach in that manner or have that type of Belief in my case, like they took you in what the sixteen, seventeen draft, Columbus, I think somewhere to, around to, there, somewhere yeah. around the like, they picked you. They went out and just because you don't like it in Columbus, Ohio, all of a sudden you're going to complain. Nobody likes it in Columbus, Ohio, but everyone else is hanging out there and having a good time. like play for the team that's paying you a few million dollars to go out there and play hockey if you're unhappy go share those beliefs but by going out there and wasting and crapping on your teammates and crapping on your coach that just makes you look whiny especially in the state when you're 22 and haven't earned your attempts to be whiny if that makes any sense yeah
1: no it does And, and another thing too is like if if I don't like my job, right, I can complain and do whatever, but I'm still going to go to my job. If I stop showing up and they fire me, I have nothing to – I can't say anything. I stop showing up. What, what are you going to do? And the other thing, too, with with at least just the overall attitude thing is, you know, John Torrell can just look at him and say, hey, kid, how many Stanley Cups have you won? Okay.
0: Well, I mean, to be fair, John Torella should have way more than one Stanley That's true. Cups. This is
1: very true, yeah. Let me just – Well, there's that attitude. Let me just there.
0: make it <laughs> – Jimmy brought up an interesting point. If a player wants to force himself out in the NFL, you can do it. In baseball, you can pretty much do it there. Now well, I too. think
1: I think it's not just any player though, right? I think it has to be like, like he said, like an yeah. established player. Yeah, I mean, Alan player, Iverson forced his you know. way out of Philadelphia. Yeah, like Jalen Ramsey, he was already. I mean, one Nick of the Foles forced his way out of Philadelphia. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
1: they made a shrine out of me. You got to get me out of here, please. Gabe
0: Kapler forced his way out of Philadelphia. Yeah, I uh, you know he was he was <laughs> thrown out of Philadelphia. Yeah, but the tough, point is, is that. The way that I see Pierre-Luc Dubois, and he is 22, he is a very young kid, he is a budding star in this league. Yeah, so I think yes, that he actually yeah. does have that ability to force his way out. And quite frankly, Maybe, yeah. this is the way the sports world is. If a guy isn't happy, Marshawn Lynch in 2007 was able to force his way out of Buffalo because he wasn't happy there. And then what does he go on to do? He becomes the face of an entire city for the better part of the next decade mm-hmm. and helps that team you know, claim its glory in a Super Bowl championship. I think that the wrong decision here, first and foremost, the wrong decision was for Columbus to put their hands on their ears yeah. and be like, oh, yeah. that yeah, was yeah, yeah, dumb." Yeah. Yes, but at the end of the day, Definitely. benching this guy, you are not gonna get much respect from the play. No one's gonna look at that and be like, "You know what? I really want to sign with that team. I really want to go play for the Columbus Blue Jackets." This after is true. That. Yeah. So that's why more than like it's continu It's for organizational continuity. It's obviously a respect to the game issue. If if he, you know the way that he played, it was it was a problem. But if Chuck Fletcher. You know, hadn't made a call, and we found out later that he has indeed made a call to the Columbus Blue Jackets, just inquiring about him. Um, If he hadn't done that, even after all this, I'd be like, "This guy needs to be fired because he's a budding star in the league, and I need to find out what we could do for him."
2: Yeah. Uh, What are you giving up? If you if you have you know what this is a this is a really interesting question.
0: I think that for at 22 years old, that's a situation where you're gonna have to fork up a lot, and it's something that I ultimately I don't think the Flyers will pull off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I would imagine Columbus would ask for. Sean Couturier. I believe that they, they would ask for an no sale, overall No
1: sale. And people would even not. said,
0: forget Pierre-Luc Dubois. How about we just get ourselves a top four or our oh, def- defender or something? Yeah, I was just going
1: to say, like if you're going to use the capital for anybody, it should be for a defense. But we have enough centers, right? I mean, if you break what, it what down. What does LA we, want for
0: Drew Dowdy? You know, like something yeah, like right, that.
1: Right, right. Well, they would want a lot, yeah. To counter your point is like, yeah, you could say like who's going to want to play for that team. You could also say what team's going to want to have that player. Yeah. If he hey, gets frustrated I, and he just doesn't want to play, well, what's what's going to stop him from just not playing for us?
0: I think that you know, ultimately— like It kind of goes both ways. The stars always win in the end here. That's just kind of how yeah, sports goes. James Harden wrong. got fat, just like Eddie Lacy did all those years ago.
1: And like Jimmy said, he, he loses 30 pounds just from, I guess, the altitude change from the flight, the, comes in and the, drops a 30-point triple-double. He
0: took a lot of epic, I bet I bet he had to have. He threw right. up a lot on that
1: flight. Yeah. He had to have. There's there a lot to throw up.
0: Yeah. Couple, a <laughs> couple sea basses in there. A yeah. couple sea cows yeah. in there. A couple
1: championship <laughs> losses, you know. A couple <laughs> playoff losses. Yeah,
0: 27 straight missed threes is what he threw up. Oh, man. I just love crapping on James Harden. Um, but with that, all that being said, yeah, what I can agree on one thing with you is mm. that he didn't respect the game. And yeah. that ultimately they got to get him out of there, and they got to get him into a better situation. And,
1: and you're right, though it is a it is a battle of egos Let's be like a John Tortorella. John, John Tartarello, Tartarello. the
0: most egotistical head coach yes. in the NHL, yeah. maybe in history of the NHL, versus Pierre Luc Dubois, twenty two year old kid,
1: right. Who who's twenty two? really like French and right. right.
0: has the audacity to be this
2: cocky? That and you surrender just, twice, bro. He's
1: just twenty two. Like that's what that's what they do. Like that they're just pissed off all the time. They they want things that it's just normal.
2: He literally can't go to Enterprise and rent a car. How the hell am I supposed to, like, resp- <laughs> uh, Actually, go you to can point. now. He has not- He might be able to. I don't know what rules it, it, are, It's extended
0: rates. It's, like, higher rates now, though, for people under You're 25. You're
2: always on top of these things, and it's really impressive. And I mean that sincerely, not, like, in a sarcastic manner where I'm making fun of you. Um, my brothers make fun of me when I don't know <laughs> things. No, it, it's- I- He hasn't- You, you say, like, he, he showed enough so far- I don't know why I'm doing this. Just give me the mic. Um, Cameron and I are sharing a mic a little bit and handing it back and forth. And it's so if you hear that... I we're professional. As you can see, we're professional in the garage. All the names you guys mentioned so far just on that trade side of things. Just for examples. You mentioned Jalen Ramsey. You mentioned Marshawn Lynch. You mentioned... Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson. You mentioned a bunch of guys that have had really, really good careers but have had tenure in their spots prior to them wanting to do it. Dubois is, has not had a long enough tenure for him to be like... All right, I'm out of here. Marshawn in, in in Buffalo, like he wasn't there long, and that that's a that's he a was per- a great player that's there. A per- that's a perfect argument against me. But it's also like the argument of re or is your team rebuilding? We have this young like this young star. He doesn't want to be here. All right, let's just go get more for return. It's you know it's trust the process all over again to a less severe extent. Um, he 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 doesn't have the room to talk his way out of it and maybe he will i don't know anything like i i don't know anything about these front offices this is just me You're sitting here player. from a completely ludicrous viewpoint of watching a 22 year old say and us all just being like nah yeah he's right
1: i think actually a good example right that's kind of a more fair comparison is Mika fitzpatrick from my i think that's like kind of the only one who is like player that because that was his yeah. potential is so high yeah. I mean, that's a guy who obviously, like, his potential high is because Nick Saban was like, this is the smartest person I've ever coached in my life, which is a lot. That's saying a lot. And then he but has he to say go like, away the same thing from about, the
0: Miami Dolphins to the Pittsburgh Steelers. How smart is he really?
1: Hey, man, I mean, <laughs> hey, they they wanted <laughs> so, to improve be, his tackling. Be nice to the Dolphins fan. Hey, say what you will, dude. We're, we're coming.
0: <laughs> you watch, man. You watch.
1: Well we'll see. I don't know. I
0: saw I saw I saw a glimmer of hope in right. his eyes. Speaking we're on football now. It's uh yes. it's, it's time to talk about the big news of the day for yesterday. Siriani. Siriani. Okay. I my grandmom was Italian Catholic. I thought I could pull it off. It's not working. <laughs> <right. laughs> uh so then Philadelphia and Eagles fired.
1: Uh, a head coach who doesn't do play calling can't be hired. You know? Tell That's what they said.
0: Talk to Doug Peterson about that. Right. <laughs> So, Nick Sirianni was hired as the Philadelphia Eagles head coach. We are now descending from the Frank Reich coaching tree because why not? Carson Wentz loves Frank Reich, so let's go that route. Right. Nick Sirianni, uh, he's a 39-year-old, and yeah, before, a couple days ago, no one really knew nor cared who he was. Everyone, The talk of the town was Josh McDaniels going to ruin the Philadelphia Eagles for the next 10 years. And now Nick Sirianni, I, Jimmy, I'll just give you my reaction when I heard the news. Um, Okay.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was most of Philly. So, yeah, like, it, it, in the rare Wikipedia background that you've all read and/or heard <laughs> on sports sports radio over the last few days, on Sirianni, um, he has spent time in Kansas City. He spent time in San Diego before he went to Indianapolis. He was a quarterbacks coach. He like quarterbacks conditioning. One of those made-up quarterbacks coaching roles. He did actually um, have the title
0: of quarterbacks coach in Los Angeles. At some point, once
2: he went, once he went to San Diego, they were still San Diego. So I'm going to acknowledge really? him at that time. Yeah, that's oh. still a state, believe it or not, even after the It's not a state; games. it's a city. Crap, you're right. Now called, <laughs> called my bluff. I don't know how to speak English. Um, w- was a quarterbacks coach there, like offensive, you know, conditioning specialist, whatever, all that kind of stuff. He went to San Diego, and then uh, I believe when Romeo Cronel took over at some point in 2012 or 2013 um, in, I want to say it was from in Kansas city. I might have some, because it was before them.
0: John Dorsey got to Kansas city. Cause Sal Tony said something about John Dorsey and Nick Sirianni having a connection. Yeah. yeah he was not correct about so
2: that. So it, it was something with that. And then Romeo Cronel kept him. And then when Frank went over to Indianapolis, they brought him over. I, I, I'm all for the, as Cameron pulls up the Wikipedia page to see if I just, <laughs> if I just made all of that up yeah. entirely. No, why not? Um, just- first in uh, first instinct is again it's just okay did i get that right kansas in 2009 san diego chargers something about romeo cornell quarterbacks coach he conditioned some people sure. but what i wanted to point look out course, is yeah. look where he was a wide receivers coach the very second thing
0: yeah. look at that
2: he went to uh, he was iup which for us uh, PSAC people pennsylvania state athletic conference of shippensburg university yeah, here I hate him, IUP was one of the rivals within the Western Conference. My, my biggest thing, and then I'm, I'm just going to hand it off to Cameron, and then we'll, we'll kind of go however you guys want to lead with this, is if they're making this decision based on just Carson alone, it is just such a poor decision to have. Totally and I'm not, I'm not saying that based on, like, a, I want to get rid of Carson. I'm all for Carson still being here, but you should not be making, like, the main priority of a guy who's apparently rarely called plays, like, he, and he might come in here and run the world. We said the same thing about Doug Peterson five years ago. Like, it, it, it this this is the, the coaching carousel that we all are going to go through. He'll win two games, and we'll all get really hyped. It's the best team of all time. And then they'll lose four straight, and we'll all cry. And then we'll all go back into our Twitter hellhole. Like, it's just what we do. There's two
0: main reasons why doing this solely based off Carson would be a disaster. The first reason, one, we don't know if Carson still wants to be here. Right, Carson's not talking. Carson is very silent right yeah, now. Yeah,
1: like I saw a tweet. I I wish I I liked it so I could I could bring it back up. But it was somebody <laughs> that were just like Carson was like, yeah, I don't really want to be here. Like, all right, but we'll fire Doug. I mean, yeah, that's fine. But I still don't really <laughs> want to be here. And they're like, all right, we'll bring in this guy who's under Frank Reich. Yeah, that's great. I still don't really want to be. here. No, you'll be fine. You'll be fine.
0: So, and then the second reason is this guy can't, can't doesn't have to just coach Carson Wentz. He has to coach fifty two other players.
1: Exactly. Like here's the thing. Like I understand that the quarterback takes up a big big piece of the pie but still
0: 128 million dollars in our case
1: that too that 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 yeah honestly and i think that's really where it's coming from right they're like listen we're giving 130 million dollars this kid we got to get some type of return for this you got a super
0: bowl before the deal happened but you got it with another quarterback yeah i i just i don't really i don't like the hire i don't like the hire if it's solely based on Wentz. i like the hire though if it's based on the idea that this is a young offensive mind that might be able to bring some creativity. Jonathan Taylor was on 94.1 WIP today, and he said, mm-hmm. you know, what, what What did he like to do? He liked to run the ball. I have mm-hmm. been – Jimmy and I have probably been screaming from our couches. Miles Sanders is underused in Philadelphia. I'm,
1: I'm not even an Eagles fan, and I'm screaming. He was averaging six yards a carry at some point. I've it never just seen make this sense. productive
0: a running back get used this little. Right. Yeah. Miles Sanders has a right let to alone, not want to be in Philadelphia Let alone right now. a
1: bonafide beast. A bonafide beast. He's I a think killer. he's better
0: than Saquon.
1: He, I, he, well, he could be. You don't really get the chance. He doesn't get the chance to do it. He right? breaks
0: off a hero run like Saquon does. I mean, I don't
1: know. Same. That's a still a big stretch, yeah. but still, yeah.
0: But here's – and as Jimmy takes the mic well, back. Sa- Saquon
2: lost an ACL, so relax. Um, like, like, let's, let's not play comparison here. Um, just no, <laughs> Miles Sanders has the chance to be really good. But one, one of my biggest things here is – Who's coming along with him? That like, is, that yeah. I, yes. I, I, like we we said the same thing about Doug Peterson. He was here, like ah, oh, yeah, we know Doug. Nostalgia, like he was here when, like when when McNabb Andy, was when a Andy rookie came in, and Mc, he was a rookie, and then ah, oh, okay, he was a quarterbacks coach. But even when he was here eleven years ago as a coach, no one was like Oh yeah, Doug Peterson. Right. No, no one, no one had any idea. Like he was just he was another coordinator, and that's just how the coaching carousel goes. It, it's truly just, and it's. Uh, my favorite thing, and I'm pretty sure Cameron saw it, is just going back to tweets. It's just like, it happens, and then there's just an, just an eruption of opinions. Like, ah, oh, good move, bad move. I'm like, right. you don't know jack about this Seriously, dude. Seriously,
0: you can't possibly know anything about this guy. Because up until 72 hours ago, we didn't know
2: he existed! Like, everyone says no to Josh McDaniels because one per- one person with somewhat of respected ideas says it. And then everyone jumps onto that opinion. It's how sports talk works, and I'm not here to explain how sports talk works. We all know it's stupid. But, like, you can't gain an opinion on a guy by going to his Wikipedia page, which is less than a centimeter long because like the, <laughs> half of it is literally them just adding Philadelphia Eagles on January 2021 he was named the new head coach and it's not even he was named reports came out the eagles haven't even officially announced this yet i don't think
0: no we don't even know how long he's here we don't know what the contract is
2: he might pull a Josh McDaniels to Indy thing where I, he pulls I would, out I would and cry. then What if it's the reverse? What if Sirianni pulls out and then we bring McDaniels in? And then we win a Super Bowl. Just like McDaniels left Indy and they took Do you understand?
0: I have blamed Bill Belichick for the fall of the Philadelphia Eagles ever since they won the Super Bowl. Because I think Bill Belichick told Josh McDaniels to pull out of that job knowing for some stupid reason that the Colts would then call Frank Reich and steal our guy from us. I think he plays 18th dimensional chess while we're stuck in
2: fucking checkers. I've heard a lot weirder conspiracy theories.
1: The only thing that makes you doubt that is that, like, I mean, he brought in Cam newton and that didn't do anything so like maybe he is playing 18 you know degree dress i don't know but yeah was, he, I, he, I counted his wikipedia page is nine sentences long now uh, uh, i will 10 point, including the top to bring bottom, the craziness right.
0: down i just want to pull pull something else out that i think a lot of eagles fans need to accept a lot of sentimental fans are were very upset that deuce staley was not given a quote-unquote fair chance of being a head coach deuce staley has been here through three coaching tenures now reed kelly and peterson It gets to a point, Jimmy and Cameron, where I just have come to accept maybe he's just not a very good coaching mind and just will never be a head coach anywhere.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. He turned down
0: the OC job in 2018 because he wasn't going to have play-calling ability, but if you wanted to kind of drive up your potential to be a head coach one day, wouldn't you kind of want that on your resume either way? Being an assistant head coach, which is what he was last year, what the hell kind of a title is that?
1: Yeah, I don't – it's – it reminds me of, like, the office. Vice right? president. Like assistant to, assistant the, to regional the regional manager. Regional manager yeah. yeah, that's kind of... But I don't know. I mean, like, in, in his defense, right, like, a lot of the players... I think that's also where a lot of the people that they want him is coming from. It's coming from the players, too, because a lot of players are vouching for him and saying, like, how oh, he's great. And I'm sure he is. I'm sure I'm sure he's a great players coach. But there's, there's plenty of so great the, players coach. Exactly. Wore thin eventually. Right. But one testament to him is that the running backs coming out of Philadelphia have been always always been relatively good. I mean LaShawn McCoy, great player. When they went to the Super Bowl, they DeMarco had Marco Murray. Alden, legend. Great. Fair enough. Ryan Fair Matthews. Enough. <laughs> Fair enough. But then you got Miles Sanders, who's also great. I mean, I will agree they do that have a good
0: running back factory, if you will. Have a historically. Uh, histor- historic- don't say
2: factory. We're a quarterback factory here in Philadelphia, all right? The Eagles. Don't give us disrespect. <laughs> Harry Roseman said we're a quarterback factory. We don't have running backs around here, you idiot. Now, kill it. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> <Historically>, <laughs> not. Because they're not used. <laughs> clearly not.
0: Historically, the Eagles it? have been very good at two positions on the football field. They've been good at getting running backs, going back to the days of Steve Van Buren, Wilbur Montgomery, Keith Byers. uh, uh, He just assumes that, doesn't. Um, And then you have the defensive ends. Obviously, the Eagles have put out great defensive ends over the years. But I will also say that Deuce Staley's rotations have been terrible. And before anyone says anything, what I'm going to say is it's because he doesn't have respect from the coaching staff to utilize his rotations. At the same time, it may also just be it's not very good. Maybe.
1: I mean, we, we don't know what's going on in that office, right? But we also can agree that we don't know if the guys running the show really have any great idea of what they're doing. I mean, again, we bring up the draft picks of Howie Roseman, and we bring up just this whole situation that we're in, that Eagles are in right now. Excuse, so, me, like, excuse who, me. If maybe, you're,
0: going to, if you're me. going to talk badly about the great picking of Andre I know, right? Dillard yeah. and, and, and Nathan Gary.
1: J.J. Arthega-Whiteside picking up a fumble in the end zone. Legendary. Maybe, maybe Deuce Staley is like the next great all time coach, and because they have no idea what the hell they're doing, they're just like, nah, he he just handles the the dudes who run the ball. We don't even need that crap. Deuce Staley so don't want to
0: be a Bill Belichick. I'm jumping from the maybe. from the Ben Franklin.
2: Listen, I have I have no idea what we know. Deuce uh, again, it it's almost the polar opposite of Doug Peterson. Because everyone was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, Doug Peterson." Everyone knows who Deuce was. Everyone knows who how he how good he was as a player for the yeah. Eagles, and how just during during the one of the most successful, probably the most successful minus seventeen, eight, literally minus the Super Bowl year, the most successful run this franchise has ever had, and and he, and he was here part of that. So there's always like we want his connections. It's like when I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry when I bring it up, but like it's when Brian Dawkins left. Sorry. No, it's when we got, it's like when we got a BDOC. Like, what the hell are you doing? That was an actual bad thing to do. We have no idea, and we won't know until hindsight's 2020 with this whole deuce thing. I need to know, one, if Sirianni is officially going to get called for the Eagles coach, because at this point, if Twitter doesn't put it out, I assume it's not real. And, (laughs) like, it's just, there's so many unknowns. I'm still, I I am truly still on, and and I'll let you guys kind of obviously take this wherever you go. I don't know if I would have gotten rid of Doug until I heard the rumor report whatever it is that he didn't want to look for anybody from the outside to bring in to be with his like coordinator on on his team on the coaching staff. He wanted to hire within constantly. What seven was it 7 and 9 or 6 and 10 in his first year? 7 and 9. 7 and 9 and then he did something called winning the Super Bowl and then he a dilapidated team who once again lost their starting quarterback, took them to the playoffs and got a playoff win and was an Alshon catch away from potentially going back to the NFC Championship. And then you got them to the playoffs again on another injury-ridden season where you lose your starting quarterback in the first quarter of the game and have to go with Josh McCown, who had a torn quad and then you have the covid season. I'm not going to sit here and play excuses, but like his track record is still successful as frustrating as it was. That's every football team that isn't led by Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Like it's just it's just the way it's how the NFL works and you're you're going to get rid of a guy because he was really successful and you disagreed with them be-
0: i didn't agree with the decision to get rid of doug well the
2: entire like the entire front office is a, is a joke right now everyone is, is either calling for harry or was either calling for doug and it couldn't be it had to be one or the other it couldn't be both some people wanted both well it's lurry's fault no we all point fingers because the team went 4 11 and 1 on on a year where the entire offensive line was uh, was atrocious at like it's, it's just They a joke. did the
0: same thing the Sixers and Phillies did. Mm-hmm. They it's fired Gabe Kapler, but they retained <laughs> Matt Klentak. They right. fired Brett Brown, yeah. but they retained Elton Brand until right. Josh Harris. His heart grew three sizes. You should yeah. get that checked out, Josh. Thank and God. And he brings in Daryl Morey. Thank God. And since Daryl Morey's been here, he made the Nets pay for like fifty thousand yeah. more things than they should have had to pay to get Thank James God. Harden. It was
1: it was genius. It was genius. But yeah, to go to his point, to go to back to Jimmy's point. About about just Doug and how he's been relatively successful. There are certain things that obviously some people didn't like. They don't like going for fourth down all the time. They don't like you know maybe sometimes the lack of a timeout going into the two minute warning kind of thing. But those are relatively small, and those that's what Doug is. That's what he's been always. Well, you've been he on, goes on fourth down. You, you don't
0: think he's a very good coach.
1: I okay. I don't think he's amazing. I don't think he's great. I think the Super Bowl. I don't think he's going to be like. I don't think he should be compared to an all-time great yet, right? Which some people in the city do because he won a Super Bowl. And don't get me wrong, he's been doing great. I think overall, it's just been this PR masterclass performance from the Eagles front office because they had they pit this the fan base of like it's Carson's fault. No, it's Doug's fault. Maybe it's neither of their fault. Maybe they're both busting their ass with a team that has a like Jimmy said, a hurt offensive line, no wide receiver weapons whatsoever. Uh, a defense that is just stacked in terms of just paycheck, but not in terms of performance. I mean the team is not built successfully at the end of the day. It's just no, not built successfully.
0: They're they're a farce of a team. Yeah. And it's not going to get better. I have I had this argument with my brother, and I'm gonna end it with this because I want to talk to you about the Sixers, Jimmy. Oh bring it on. Um I have
2: I got all night. My got, brother Grant dude, I not, got all night.
0: My brother Grant doesn't think that the Eagles need to tear it all down, which he might very well be right about. I have said It's time to get younger for this team. Darius Slay is a phenomenal player, but you could get picks for that guy because he had a great season. And I know that it would cripple the secondary, but you know what? That guy's not going to help you win a Super Bowl at this point. Let him go to a team that will win a Super Bowl or at least will be in contention to win one because that'll be the team that gives you the most bang for your buck. If they hang on to him, which I think they're going to, he's already on the wrong side of 30. Realistically, how much time does he have left before he turns into Byron Maxwell?
1: Yeah, and one more thing too. Before we get off of this, everybody who says that like, "Oh, Frank Reich was the one that won the Super Bowl," right? And maybe, I mean, maybe he 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 clearly is a very a good offensive minded coach. Clearly, with Indianapolis, what he did last year, what he did this year. Yep. Um, who brought him back into the 2017 season? Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. They were going to fire Frank Reich, and it wasn't for Doug Peterson. He would have been gone. But he was the one who brought him back. Let's be—that's just throwing it out there in Doug's defense. And I'm not a Doug. The apologist. best thing
0: Doug Peterson ever did for Carson Wentz was keep Frank Reich in Philadelphia for another season. 100. percent So I just was talking about Daryl Morey, the uh, the this, this, this son of the son of Philadelphia.
2: I, I basically equivalent to.
0: I mean, how excited were you at for, first so, when they brought him on? Because, I mean, you were a big hinky this is, guy.
2: This is, real, this is really, really funny because I'm sitting here going, like, well, you and I really haven't talked about this. And this this was like— This is our first time we had a chance to talk about it. This was college. Like, this was literally me yelling at Justin for three years, two and a half years, whatever you want to call it. Me yelling at him just about how dumb he was and how, how the Sixers got this right. Literally just by college experience. When— so, so here's, I'm just gonna let you almost. I almost want you to interview me because I don't even know where to start. Okay, so I'll I'd tell, rather I'll you tell, just I'll ask do that. questions and let me just react. So
0: here's, all right. First thing, I'm, I'm gonna point out, make a couple points. Uh, we had an argument. Points, ask
2: questions. I'm always right. We, we made, know this.
0: We had an argument on our show a few years ago where I said, "What if this doesn't work for the Sixers in this process? And you know, where
2: are we gonna be at? What will that mean for us? Why is that 15 years though? Why are you saying it's gonna take 15 years just for this not to work?" Fifteen is unbelievably too drastic.
0: Because the Sixers haven't been a, a, a good team for that long already. The last great year was at the, at the very most 2003. They haven't been a dominant team since. They haven't. They've sucked. They've been actually quite terrible. It has been about, what, I think four years now since that uh, taping of that episode? Somewhere around there. So in that time period, the Sixers got Jimmy Butler and then fumbled that one away. In that time period, the Sixers then decided we're going to be the 1985 Houston Rockets, and then they really fumbled that one. Mm. And now the Sixers finally look like they have a semblance of a direction with a good GM, with an actual roster that can shoot the ball, and Joel Embiid playing the best basketball of his career.
2: So I don't know when the timeline, like how it fully works out, based on when we had that conversation. At that time, else. the Sixers were going
0: through their 10-72 and 72 so, season.
2: So hold on. First off, 10-72 and 72 was a historical season, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> I couldn't get that out seriously. Isaiah Cannon! Dude, can- it was historical, Cannonball. Right? I, yeah, it was the second worst Ish-Smith. season. Ish of- <laughs> Smith was one of the second worst seasons of all time. A um, moot. During, I, I, again, I don't know if the conversation happened before or after or what. And during the entire time when I was talking process, when I was talking everything else, Sam Henke was at the helm. Mm-hmm. When Sam Hankey was forcibly removed by the NBA to bring in the Colangelo's <laughs> and, every, and and the rest of, and the league stepped in, the process was murdered. It was assaulted, and it was taken from this city. Two months ago, we were gifted, just by the almighty gods, a resurrection by a man named Daryl Morey, the man who worked with Sam Hankey, the man who helped kind of guide yeah. Sam Hinkie. If you have the opportunity, going a little bit of a sidestep here, Pablo, I think it's Tori, is how you say it, on ESPN, mm-hmm. had the opportunity to interview Sam Hinkie and spend about an hour and 15 talking with him. Not all just about basketball, but just about who Sam Hinkie is. It was one of the most interesting, revealing conversations and just learning about who the hell Sam Hinkie is even further. And if you don't come out of listening to that podcast, even just having like a smidge of a smile and respect for that man, no matter how you view the process... When you're able to bring that back around for a guy who potentially has a better basketball mind than Sam Hankey had in yeah. Daryl Morty, who has had historical success, it's just real good when you re- when you realize you're able to build a team. Again, I'm overreact the team's ten and five. I'm not gonna sit here and be like First ah. in the conference. You're yeah, first in the conference, first to double digit wins in the Eastern Conference. That's great. We get Seth Curry back tonight. We get I'm excited for the majority for of our, game. Really our roster our roster is together. When this team was a full roster and when everyone was playing together, talking this season, and I'll let Justin kind of go back to it, but just with this season, the team has been 7-1, and 7-2 and they started, mm-hmm. and then they've had this whole COVID injury, not injury, the NBA still hates us, so they're just gonna make us play with four and a half players. Yeah, I, don't know what I think hell Seth that's Curry's about. left elbow was allowed to play, but like not his right. I don't know; it was something weird. Somebody had to play with their hands tied behind their back. It was like a whole thing. Here is the, uh, th- the thing: it that- was ju- it's just chaos. And when we all knew this was gonna happen within the NBA and COVID and sports and everything else, but it's just the team is able to mesh, and he was able to build a a a, a roster construction that finally makes sense. Four years, because Hinkie never had the opportunity to put that roster now, together.
0: here's what I'm going to tell you right now. I thought, coming into the season, I thought the best roster the Sixers had had, I didn't think it was the 2018 Sixers. I thought the year before, when they beat the Heat in the first round and lost to Celtics, I thought that was their best team, because they had guys like Marco Bellinelli. They had Ersan Ilyasova back. They had a lot of great depth players. There are three guys on this team that have shown me that this team is going in the completely right direction. Tyrese Maxey, who... Duh obviously Dwight Howard has turned into not just a, a role model for the team, but the dude still has it. He gets like 50,000 rebounds a game. And he also gets like 5,000 personal fouls a game.
2: 50,000, oh, 50,000.
0: And then the last one, and it's a guy that I think has struggled a bit, but I think it's because of the spacing that he creates. And I think Danny green was one of the most important guys to bring on considering that you essentially got him in the Horford deal and the Al Horford contract in Philadelphia will definitely go down. I think is the worst that we've seen in the last 10 years here. But I want to ask you one thing. Go for it. There's one guy to this puzzle that it's got to be solved if this is finally going to work. What is wrong with Ben Simmons? <laughs> this guy, his best No, year.
2: genuinely, how much time do you have? So, um,
0: I, I've, I've got time. So, go ahead. I, what I was going to say is his best year was as a rookie. He exploded on the scene. I think he was averaging like 17 points per game. The report was that he was ecstatic that the Sixers didn't trade him and that he gets to get a chance to win in Philadelphia. Since that report that I saw – I think I have seen Ben Simmons look more turtle-shelled than I've seen at any other point in his career. What's wrong with him? So,
2: he has uh, I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for him in in the fullest extent. Like he can't he can't score. He he doesn't score not well. He does everything else really really good. Yeah. But he can't he cannot take over a game on the scoring front. What's really good is the roster doesn't necessarily need him to yet. It'd be nice. But if if JoJo's playing, I'm fee- I'm feeding him all day. Yeah, he's the MVP if, right now. He, he's top three at least. Like there, there's a, again, we're 15 games in on a 72. Now nah, it's over. Stop, it's, the uh, stop the count. Stop the count. Dwight Howard is the best backup that jo- Joella's had in his career. Do yeah. You know who the best was before that,
0: Cameron? Amir Johnson. That was the right. best one he had had. I mean, Find I'm, me
2: the lie. I'm just I'm trying to go through.
0: Yeah, you, you had the big you had Bobby who was
2: just a st- Oh no, screw you. Bobby wins. <laughs> no, he's not. no, it doesn't matter he wins the fans bro- <laughs> he wins the fan vote anytime. Yeah. Um and Cameron, please if at any point you actually want to talk like t- like take it. I I so I so hate taking this over, but no, if you no, ask no. me about Sixers, it's literally all That's why we, well, that that was one of the reasons why I wanted to um, talk to about the Sixers. Ben Simmons is struggling. He is on the offensive side of things. He's too clunky. He doesn't trust himself. He's fearful. What this roster does well is allows him to do everything else really, really good. And everyone else has to step up on the scoring side. Because he can get assists. He can go get boards. He is a really, really good defender. He does everything else pretty damn good on the court. But for some reason, he just finds some struggle putting the ball in the net. Which, believe it or not, is the point of the game. So... But when you surround him with JoJo, who, if he does get covered, Ben has a lot to work on offensively. That, that, that should go without saying. And, and I have, and I'll, I'll give myself credit, I'll give us all credit. Over the last, you know, since we've talked about the Sixers in college, we have grown personally about, like, how we view sports, how we view things, how, like, everything else. In college, our job is to yell, and just have an opinion. <laughs> now we're able to, a little bit better, sit down, break it down a little bit more. We like you. I, I can't speak for you, Cameron, only right. because I don't know necessarily your history with it. Yeah. You've always been really, really good at being able to, you know, your history of things. With <laughs> without a doubt, you're able to speak highly on your history of things. You're a what the what the fun part about what we're able to do now is break down. Game plan-wise, we understand how the game can and should be played more. We
0: understand the ebbs and flows the as well. ebbs and
2: flows. The, like, how, how the game works, we've watched it long enough where you can kind of be like, okay... We've seen the game evolve yes. from, you know, Alan Iverson being able to shoot, like, shoots from all over the court, but he was still a shot creator trying to go in and a slasher. Steph Curry is afraid to step inside the three point line, but he's the greatest shooter of all time, and he can do that. <laughs> it Like, over a 10, 15 year span, the NBA changed drastically, and in 10, 15 years, it might change drastically again.
0: Back to big men. It's, it's, nothing but it's, bigs. It's,
2: it's, the, it's the NFL with having, like, the running back position is useless. And now you look at teams like Tennessee, and you're like, oh, well, maybe not. Somehow bringing this all back together, like we're able to digest sports a lot differently than what we did in college. Four years ago, I would have said, you're an idiot. Ben Simmons is the best player of all time.
0: I would have probably called myself. because I mean, I, I've been infatuated with the guy ever since he got to Philadelphia. And,
2: and, and I'm going to be honest with you. I, I still am. Like, I, I'm not giving – I'm not going to – like just give up on him just because like because he's doing what he is performing how he is at the moment he is frustrating as hell to watch i'm not i'm not going to sit here and deny anything like that and this is if you had asked me you know like in 2021 when we do a podcast in cameron's you know in cameron's garage um like where do you think ben simmons will be i wouldn't have been able to sit here and be like yeah he'll do okay like I would have been like, yeah, he's putting up twenty and ten. He he's doing twenty eight and eight, and he's doing it, thought, and he's figured out a jump shot.
0: I thought for sure this guy was going to be twenty five and fifteen. I I don't. I just thought he was that good.
2: Well, Jaleel Okafor woke up and did twenty and ten, so yes. like it didn't even matter.
0: I mean, Jaleel Okafor had one of the best starts I've ever seen out of a rookie.
2: This <laughs>
0: he he did my, he he my did. Point.
2: We'll get into that. Or we won't. And we I'm won't so, tonight. And, I'm so, and I'm so okay with not getting into Julia Logan <laughs> for it tonight.
0: Do you think that as the season goes on, it would be a fair expectation that Doc Rivers' influence should finally be able to start to see more of a change of Ben Simmons' game? Or do you think that because Doc Rivers, how he said countless times when people ask him about shooting and Doc's like, I just don't care. Do you think that Doc has accepted this is what this guy is?
2: No, because Ben's already shot more shots from yeah. f- more three-pointers this year than he has in his entire career. It's like five, but it's still, but, but, it, but it's more. Like He's still thinking about it. and he's, But the thing is, he was only under Brett Brown. He was only under one role. Now he has a brand new coach who is a better coach, who has a, a better mind of how to view the game plan yep. and knows how this team needs to be constructed and how it runs and how do they need to run it is through Joel Embiid. And they've done that. This year he's averaging what? What does that say? 12, 9, and 8. That's pretty good. For a, but like for a guy that was drafted number one overall, you want him to be more. But when the guy is nearly averaging a triple double at 24 years old, that's and and one of the best defenders in the league. It's tough. He sh- he's shooting. Uh, uh, we're looking at the stats. His rookie year, he was taking what you know 12, 12 12 shots a game 12 shots a game 11, 11 and a half and then this year so far he's taking a hair under nine shots a game he's taking less shots because he has a better freaking team around him and because he knows he's more confident being able to pass being able to rebound free throws and being able to rough. go in transition i need him to get i don't care if he never shoots a three and makes it in the rest of his life it's going to be cool if he does go to the the free throw line for the rest of your career. You are too talented to be able to get to the line, yeah, draw contact and get there. I, like I don't care. Shoot 65 70% for your career at the free throw line. He's his career. If he takes I, 10, that's 7 points. That's and that's and that's a win. To sort of transition this from Ben Simmons to what we were talking about earlier. So Ben Simmons was a big and again just to bring up a topic with Sixers. Ben Simmons was the name that would during the James Harden talks that you guys brought up earlier. Yeah. with with obviously needing to go all that with you know he's gonna have to be involved with everything else. Playing just hypothetical, let's say we do pull off a trade for James Harden. James Harden is in Philadelphia, side by side with Joel Embiid. Then, do you know how long those basketball games would be between Joel and James Harden shooting free throws the entire game? Be three, three and a half. JoJo, hour game. Jojo, the other night, had 22, 23 free I did, throws. I did not. James Harden gets at least 106 a game, just at the, just at the line. They would be the longest games of all time because those two would just rack up fouls. The other team wouldn't even need COVID; they'd probably run out of players. <laughs> they would foul out. Would that like I, I would have loved James Harden here, but like I, I'm I'm cool with the core we have now. Give me a good wing. I, I, I'm switching over to roster construction for a moment. Give me a. Better wing three or four on the second lineup, and it won't matter come playoff time because you'll just see JoJo and Dwight, but I'd like to see somebody that isn't Tony Bradley at center when JoJo is out for a game. Like, you have Dwight, and are just going to run small after that? Like, what are you going to do?
0: I, th- I have long thought, what if Ben is the backup center behind Dwight when JoJo's out.
2: They've done that and they have shown that I think briefly in the one or two games so far. I think it, was, it can I mean he's he's one of the best athletes in the world. They, they show him they show him at the 4 or the 5 and it's good they can run, they play small ball. Houston was doing it but like that's fun but then who like you you need there's there's a lot of iffies with that. Yeah. And it all depends on matchups and all that kind of thing and you can only get away with that for, you know, a few minutes in a game at a time before you need what my girlfriend so eloquently puts Dwight Howard in as a tree trunk. Um, the first time we watched a game this season and Dwight Howard came on, she said, dear Lord, that man's a tree trunk. Um, and he is. He, he, he is a 30-some-year-old who is nothing but 100% muscle. I just and I want him to body everybody in the. I league. just
0: remember when he was with the Orlando Magic. And he does. And he, does. he was an elite player with the Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. Um and then obviously his career kind of curtails off. So when they signed yeah, yeah, him, yeah. everyone here was like, okay, I guess. That signing right there reminds me so much of when the Eagles signed Lagarrett Blunt. Because right. it was that's a good, no- good comparison. It was a nothing signing at the time. We see Lagarrett Blunt to the Eagles, oh, okay, that's a cool name. Oh, he's gonna be an Eagle. Right. And it silently turns into maybe the most important signing of that entire season, other than maybe Patrick Robinson, because that guy that they signed for $2.9 million, kind of a leading rusher in the super bowl
1: yeah he did very well he did very well scored
0: a touchdown yeah. so with all that being said uh we've been here for an hour and 10 minutes this uh, has
1: been great yeah it's not long it enough it flew really. by
0: yeah what i'm going to say is jimmy thank you so much for coming in
2: uh no it, it, it's a blast as soon as you were like uh do you want to come i said it was time
0: i said it's time you were like
2: yeah i just i got a random text out of the blue of justin like it's time and i was like <laughs> I was like, I didn't know um, that you did that, but good for you, man. Like, I, I, I didn't know. Uh, I thought Pills could take care of that, but that's okay. Um, no, but, like, you were like, it's time. And I kind of had a hunch because we had, we had talked about it sometimes yeah. in the past. But,
0: I, like... Just no Steph Arcadia uh, with us this time. I know. We don't have we the love you, we Steph. don't have
2: the woman effect. Cameron has the hair, but it's just it's more G- it's more Jesus than I female. feel the like. role as good as well as I can. I appreciate it immensely. It it was it was so much fun to be able to just even just drive here and kind of have the excitement of what am I gonna say? Like I've only been talking to myself and my dog and uh, my Twitch streams for a a constant about sports i'm like come on to my twitch streams and just ask me something so i have something to talk about like that, that that's what i do so uh it's it's a pleasure fly guys podcast uh give it some love and uh go buy some t-shirts because they're comfy
1: <laughs> Thank- wait here jimmy tell, tell us a little bit more about the like just promote your your twitch you know so people can know what to look up
2: that's a good point. Oh, dear man. God. Um, Uh, So, uh, I tried to do radio. Uh, I'm still trying to do radio, but the only way for me to do radio uh, while being okay to talk to myself was to do that while playing video games. Um, So, I I just recently bought a new setup. I have a lot of fun stuff that I'm kind of providing. I was doing um, a little bit of like almost a morning show-esque. If you're in the Philadelphia area, I was doing... My my best impression of building towards Preston and Steve, because um, they're you know they're my heroes. They're the gold standard. They're the gold radio. standard here. Yeah. Um, but so I was doing stuff like that. Now that I have the setup and I'm able to start playing stuff, um, I I have a blast with it. Come talk to me about literally whatever. We go and we go into the chats. I sit there and I play Rocket League very very poorly, and we just and we and we talk crap and we have ourselves a good time. I'm gonna get community involved. I have some really fun people that I've been. Um, playing with good camaraderie all, all sorts of fun it's twitch TV um, my username is mr. play-by-play Play, actually um, how fitting um, Very when fitting. I what you know I don't do that as often but when I do I drink Dos Equis. but no. <laughs> Bob mr. this is not, Play- not a paid ad <laughs> oh, crap I told you I'm unemployed I'm looking for anything uh, mr. play-by-play Play on Twitch um, and then Jim s Bailey on all Twitter and Instagram I'm doing more photography I'm just we're trying to branch out. We're trying to do what we can, and I love what you guys are doing here. It's a lot of fun. Clearly, a professional setup that we have going on in here, and it's it, it's an absolute blast. And uh, thank you guys for inviting me. Truly,
0: Cameron. The Flyers play the Boston Bruins tomorrow night. It's a rebound yes. game. I think they'll have the opportunity to get the win. Uh, going in the weekend, they got the uh, Islanders at some point. Uh, they have the right. Devils next. I would really like to see them take care of business against Boston and New and New Jersey. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, you want to see them respond the way they did against Buffalo. And I think they can. I think they can. Yeah. you know
0: who's getting the start tomorrow? Uh, caught, up. caught, up.
1: caught yeah. out.
0: Uh, Thank you so much for listening to the Fly Guys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at klein 15 and, and myself at GoodHeartJustin. Uh, be sure to check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be happy, be healthy, be safe out there, everyone. And as always, let's go Flyers.
2: Let's go Flyers! Saying ifs, ifs, ifs. Oh, but the point is to get a championship. The point is to get a championship, and they haven't done anything that. Proves it doesn't matter how you get there. Even if Derrick Rose isn't there, you still get there, bro.
0: They have. They, you have no evidence to go off of that this is going to work. There's then, no evidence. Then
2: why are you saying it's going to take 15 years if it doesn't work? Because it's. What, what evidence do you have of that?
0: Because again, they have not been a good team for 15 years. They've been average at best in a couple of seasons. Once Iverson left, the team sucked. Once Igadal finally found his stride, he was gone the next year. You know that they've sucked for since two thousand one. False.
2: There's a difference between sucked and average. All right, fine. Sucked to average. That's what they've been. They've been above average. You go. You go to Game Seven in the Eastern Conference Semifinals against Boston.